Duarte, we're talking about the union. And remember, there was a big press conference and uh, the union was endorsed. It was given the, the green light. And Tula Khanya Khaushibel is the president of SAPFU. That is the union that I'm, I'm talking about. And he now joins us on the line to clarify some of the questions that I posed earlier. I did say, so is this union going to be a union for every single uh, a player? How does it work? And those are some of the burning questions. Uh, Tula Khanya, warm welcome to the Touchline and thank you for your time. Hi, hi, hi Romy and hi to the listeners of 2000. It really is good to have you on the line. As the union has been given the thumbs up uh, uh, by Dr. Irvin Koza, what does that mean? Was it an endorsement? Was it a, a, a green light? Was it G for go? What did that presser mean? Well, that presser meant that uh, the players can have a say and uh, have uh, at least an input in terms of the issues that affect them. Uh, have a say on the table when people sit down on the table and discuss the issues and determine uh, the direction in which football has to go. Mm-hmm. The union would then say, okay, this is where we want to go and we want to be part and parcel. We can also be able to say we are, it means that uh, we are also tired of sitting on the on the sideways when decisions are being made. But it also means that, you know, that both parties will begin to work together, you know, in trying to achieve uh, the ultimate. And what is the ultimate? Mm-hmm. The ultimate is to ensure that uh, football, you know, when it comes to contractual issues, uh, especially that affect uh, between an employer and employee, the players are able to input also determine as to uh, where they, they want to work. But importantly for us is to ensure that the relationship between us and the players Mm-hmm. I mean, asking the class yes, yeah. improved uh, drastically. In the past, we used to complain about quite a number of things. But the league, we must really appreciate, and I appreciate also the wisdom of the chairman of the league, that uh, together with the PLG and the EXCO, uh, felt it necessary that it was important for us to can be able to sit around the table and mm-hmm. talk mm-hmm. about quite a number of issues, including, of course, the... Uh, what you call this thing, uh, including the issues of the uh, NDRC, National Dispute Resolution Chamber, okay. as we know it. Mm-hmm. But does this mean that every single player has to be a part of the union? Is it mandatory or is it still optional? No, no of course. Uh, I mean, in terms of union terms, it's still optional. But you know that there's what we call agency and uh, uh, closed shop agreement, uh, which, of course, the agreement begins to say, let us sit down and discuss and see where we're going with this relationship. Mm. Are we going that route? If that's it, and normally if the union has got 50 plus one, at least it can uh, negotiate as a majority, you know, negotiate on behalf of all the players and, you know, able to reach all the agreements uh, that are there and, uh, you know, address fundamental issues. Mm-hmm. But to answer it, we still have members, we still have work to do. Mm-hmm. We must go and recruit and engage with the clubs and engage with the members and say, it is very important. And by the way, Romy, we should also understand that we are where we are because the players would have given us the, the mandate yeah, uh, yeah. to go and engage with the league. So it is not of our own accord as the leadership of the union, but it's because the players would have said, look, these are the things that are impacting and affecting our careers during and after football. How do we then deal with those particular mm-hmm. issues? Mm-hmm. How we many members them, do you have? 
Romy, as we are currently on the recruitment drive, we've got about uh, 79%, hoping that uh, we will, of course, finish at the end of the season, when it ends, would have reached our target, uh, which is likely to be 100%. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, But we are extremely happy about that. But I was saying, I mean, part of the things that we, 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 uh, we need or we've been advancing on behalf of the players, which is well documented, would have been the issue of the a tax issue, the issues of ICASA, because which is a very thorny issue, issue of ICASA. Uh, that uh, quite a l- number of times when we talk about the issues of ICASA, talks about we only consider the viewership, you know, the listenership, which are secondary participants. But the main participants being the players, we are not necessarily talking about them to say when these things are done, ICASA regulates, or maybe they take away the right uh, to or they give uh, the free-to-air channels the right to can, uh, negotiate whatever fee, or they just say, no, you can, you must, uh, you'll be entitled as a right-to-air to, you know, broadcast certain uh, players. What mm-hmm. would be the impact of that when yeah. it comes to the earnings of the players? And mm-hmm. it, only, it doesn't only affect other players. Also, it's going to affect radio and uh, uh, sport personalities, you know, radio and now people who are dealing with sport and so forth, because then you begin to say, but there is no, uh, this income when it comes into football, how do we then deal in history with this? So we must find the balance. The voice of the players must be heard to say, because fundamentally in terms of the constitution, you know, mm-hmm. the players have got the right to work if, if they are right. Yeah. So therefore they don't have to work to earn about 2000 and not be able to sustain their lives beyond their playing careers. Mm, mm. So it must be such that when we discuss these issues with sober minds, and we are dealing with these particular issues. There are issues such as the doping, yes. doping issues that we're talking about. I mean, players should not say, doping is doping. You cannot say, if they say, do not drink alcohol, do not drink alcohol. Mm. Do not explain, because once you have done that, uh, we're going to have a problem. So yeah. in a nutshell, this is more of an educational uh, agreement on our part. Mm. We're going to mm. be able to assist the players. We'll be able to increase in terms of our bursary, you know, uh, a scheme, so that a lot of players are then able to attend uh, school and prepare, you know, for for life after football. So it's like quite that. interesting. I Rob. like that. I like how you say it's an educational agreement because my next question is: it's got to be someone's duty or responsibility in order to educate and as the union would you say that that really is your 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 prime uh, your passion spot you know if if there were spots your passion spot uh, in order to ensure the longevity of of the players lives post football because that is a, a big a big talking point no no absolutely Romy. we fully agree and uh, i concur with uh, uh, you know so many things what you are asking to say it is indeed somebody must go out there and educate the players it's about the betterment of football firstly in the country about the rights of the players it's very important how do players relate to the agreement how do clubs relate to the agreement mm-hmm. so we need to have a workshop around that to say we are workshopping each other this is what is expected because you know we are not enemies we are all interested in this game and how do we then improve it? Not only, by the way, improving the game in South Africa, but around the borders of South Africa, including also on the continent. Yeah. Because part of the things that are affecting football on the continent 
is simply because most leagues are not professionalized. Mm-hmm. And when leagues are not professionalized, when players' rights are not uh, respected, players start to migrate from wherever they are and they will come to SA and see without necessarily improving you know, what's best. Now, we should be able to create a situation where all of us together, we are able to improve uh, football on the continent, football in respective countries, protect the rights of the players, and avoid the issue of uh, young players who are then being uh, taken uh, uh, out of the country, you know, under the pretext that you are going to, uh, which which results in human trafficking in essence, where mm-hmm. you say there's mm-hmm. a young player, here's Romy's young uh, brother or young sister, you know, who wants to play football, or that Romy knows, and you are going to take this person into Asia somewhere else because of better, or better, better, yeah. better, better, mm-hmm. yes. You know, so, so, so it's our responsibility that we need to sit down and educate each other and say, how do we move and when, mm-hmm. what is it, what is the end game? Where yeah. do we want to go? Yeah. Where, where do you ultimately want to go? Yes, uh, within the union and what it is that the union can offer. Are you happy with the way things are, are formalized at the moment? Well, we are very happy. If we were not happy, we would not have been the <laughs> We would have heard about it, right? <laughs> <laughs> we would not have been. Because it's been a, a very long road. Mm. You know? And mm. uh, like I said, I must leadership of the league as well. I must thank the leadership of the union. You know, that they manage to sit down around the table and agree on those important issues. And I think that it's very simple. There are things that we agree on. There is an issue around the the agency, I mean the agents, which is intermediaries. Mm-hmm. We know that in the past, agents, there are those agents who will be charging just exorbitant fees from the players. Yeah. We FIFA is introducing a new uh, way of doing things. Mm-hmm. We have been there since 2015. To say it is the player to get to charge to be charged with three percent and so forth, but also focus on the homegrown talent. What does that really mean? It means those that uh, if there's a, a Tulahanya FC, that Tulahanya FC should be able to pro, to to produce young talent. And when that young talent is homegrown players are sold or they go somewhere from one club to the next, mm-hmm. we can at least look at the issue of ten percent or so forth. So they are also trying to, you know, encourage that uh, players professionalize, like uh, we're talking about the club licensing system, mm-hmm. which, of course, they have moved uh, miles ahead of uh, their counterparts of the continent when it comes yeah. to the issues of club licensing. Mm-hmm. But we know that uh, things can be better. We know that we'll be able to do other things. But mm-hmm. I would not be anywhere else other than at, the, you know, at this particular point, because, you know, there are great things that are coming. There are, you know, uh, joint programs that we'll be doing with the league. There are things that we will be, you know, pursuing and dealing with uh, mm. uh, things. When we were talking, by the way, one of the things that we'll be dealing with, which is very interesting, and a lot of people like asking about it, is issues of minimum wage. Mm. I was saying, Romy, one of the things that we must look into is that what is the, what, what, what is the relationship of tax to the minimum wage. Mm. How does tax or how does minimum wage relate to tax? It's very simple. We can agree tomorrow and say we are going to push for 50,000 renders minimum wage in South Africa. Mm. But I can tell you that the players are not going to benefit out of that if we are not going to solve issues such as tax. Right. Because tax takes a chunk 
you know, from the salaries of the players. So we need to deal with that and say, before we even address those, you know, because it has to be a pro, two-pronged approach. Mm, mm. Let us deal with these issues of the authorities at policy level. Can government sit down and say, but when these uh, sport thing was introduced or tax was introduced around sport, uh, sport people were not taking into consideration. But yeah. it is time now that sport is big business, sport promotes tourism, sport does everything. That is why even today, when you look at things that in Castle 11, there are issues to say we have a problem. I would have a situation, or I would love to have a situation, uh, Roby, where we've got about uh, 100 billion in the kitty. Wow. And we sit down with the league and we say, but the league give us this much. Rather than fighting like we have seen in the late uh, 80s, early 90s, or mm-hmm. in the 90s before this deal of uh, 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 super, super DSTV, you know, before that year, it was very difficult because we were fighting for uh, thinners. You know, mm. we in the kitty there was about maybe assuming there was ten million, yeah, yeah. and everybody then we must fight and say how much should a player yeah. get. So, so we look, must honey, look at all those things. I like what you said. It's exciting at the union, and as you pave the way, there's so much more that you want to do. We're talking about big money here, but how much does a member pay to be a part of the union? Only hundred rand, really. A month, it's a year. Hard. A month, 100 rand, mm-hmm. now, you know, to say 100 rand because there are a few things that we need uh, to do. But by virtue, the union belongs to the workers, and the only way for workers to demonstrate that indeed they uh, belong to this organization is to, you know, merely contribute that particular 100 rand yeah, a month. You know, it's just a, a symbolic. Yeah, but what comes with that? You have. Uh, advanced driving that you are giving to the players. We go there and tell them, you know that previously, uh, our players would have been involved in the accidents yes. and so forth and yes. on. And we said, let us be proactive with uh, everything that we have. Mm. Let us uh, have advanced driving. We have been in, in the uh, Western Cape. We must also move from the Western Cape. We'll be going to all the other provinces. There is a issue around uh, the... Yes, the doping uh, 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 issues that we give to the players, the bursaries, where players must go. And I must also say that even former players have been given an opportunity by the union to at least get their badges. Those who want to do coaching and stuff. Amazing. We are engaging with, uh, we, we are engaging with staff at this particular board because we believe one of the most critical and important parts supposed to be on the administrative aspect of mm, things. Mm. Now, we're dealing with administrative issues. We are going to get to that point and say, as an administrator, this is what FIFA requires and this is what every everybody has to do. And, I mean, a lot of players now are studying. Uh, here locally, we know that it's been heard also on, in, on the continent that uh, people like Wasemol Eto have been doing that. And mm-hmm. I must also say that as football, we are very interested in the football on, 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 on the continent in relation to football. Uh, football politics, football development, football everything on the continent. Because mm-hmm. as a member of FIFPRO, as you would know, we do sit on the board of Africa where yes. we give advice from time to time. Where we go into these countries and help them establish, you know, they I mean, proper structures that would look at issues of contracts, that will ensure that the playing fields are leveled. We know it's not easy, but we travel the roads. We know with understanding, with uh, serious engagements, with commitment, we will be able to achieve the things that we set ourselves to achieve. Definitely. What else is pressing on your desk that is rather urgent that you'd like to wrap up before we say goodbye to 2019? 
Look, what's what's pressing for us and what's uh, been the highlight as well in terms of this uh, uh, CBA was the issue of the National Dispute Resolution Chamber. You would recall that uh, previously we would have taken other cases to FIFA mm-hmm. and we would be the first people to complain, Romy, to say, uh, the, in terms of uh, Article 22 or Article 11, I mean Article 11, 29, Article 10, 10 of FIFA rules, the uh, NDRC of the league was not compliant, meaning there was no equal representation because that is what is required. So the players must then be able to say, when you go to the tribunal at the level of the National Dispute Resolution Chamber, there's 50% players' representation and there's 50% uh, 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 employers' representation as well as an independent chairperson. We are happy now that we are going to action that. But mm-hmm. to top it, to top it, we have agreed that because normally when you send issues to your, your matters to FIFA, you don't necessarily see the players there physically. What you do, you make an oral submission. You argue on paper because you've got qualified people who can look at issues, and you are beaten. But if you are beaten by the facts, you are beaten by the facts. So we have created that option as well in South Africa, because one of the challenges was that when players are normally when uh, uh, players' contracts would come to an end or were terminated, yeah. and the player has dispute with the league, it will be very difficult to bring a player from Cameroon a player from Ghana, a player mm. from outside mm. the borders of South Africa into South Africa. But now with this, what we have agreed is that everything must be, you can write it and argue the case and represent the players and deal with that. It's, that, that to us is an achievement. That to Definitely. us is to say, this is what's happening. And of course, one of the matters that we've been looking and observing is to engage further with the, we want to engage with SAFA, engage with the referees, and so forth, so that we are able to look at these issues. And also talk about the issues of the disciplinary uh, hearing and committee. You know, mm-hmm. to say mm-hmm. how our players, of course, are represented in those structures. Okay. The important thing is to say, here is it, what do we happen? Are we punitive in terms of approach, how we deal with matters, or are we going for a corrective measure? We believe that in terms of South Africa, the legal rules begin to tell us, the legal system begins to tell us that we need to be what? corrective in approach. Mm. We cannot be really in approaching things primitive like you want to deal with the Romy and ensure that uh, this thing really happens. Yeah, and we yeah. believe that we're going to be good. We'll be going to the supporters to engage with them. We'll be going to everybody who's concerned. And we are pushing, um, which is very important as well, is the league, the women's league. We cannot turn a blind eye when right. it comes to issues of right. women's league. We are there with them. We will be going, you know, from club to club in the beginning, starting from the beginning of uh, January, because it is important for us to understand what these players are getting, what are their rights, because also they are protected by the Labour Relations Act. Mm-hmm. But our responsibility is to play a meaningful role, contribute, and ensure that women's football is uh, improved and developed to the best level possible. Mm-hmm. And this is why we need everybody sponsors, us, and we also need to sit down. Uh, with uh, supporters to talk about it. But importantly, we must talk also with corporates. So that look at it. I mean, previously disadvantaged uh, uh, sports and previously advantaged sports, mm-hmm. it cannot be business as usual. That is why sometimes we want to meet with government and say, government, make, you need to make it possible for us to deal with some of these issues. Yeah. Because it's one thing to talk about issues, but as government, you need to play a role. You've got a role to play. You need to create space for us, space for these women to flourish. You, to an extent that it's possible for you to sit down and say, whoever comes into the country and going to invest, 
we must look at these issues. Let's look at 2030, for mm-hmm. an example, mm-hmm. in closing, Romy. Uh, 2030, the the National Development Plan. Previously, when the the president of the country went to parliament and made a presentation in parliament, uh, he only used sports once, appreciating uh, uh, Coach Desri Ellis Mm -hmm. and uh, saying the sport sport will unite us. But there is nothing serious about the issue of sports to say, this is where the sport is. This is how it's going to benefit. This is the plan, and this is what we are going to do in terms of that. So nobody, uh, for them, sport is something that comes by the way. And hence we say everybody else needs to come on board. We have started this journey ourselves, meeting with uh, uh, cricket, meeting with rugby also to say, but let us do something when it comes to issues of sport and let us have that. But when it comes to football, I don't think we are really doing uh, as a country uh, well as we ought to do. Mm-hmm. Government must help us, but we must build women football. And we hope in our structures like uh, your Saskatchewan and them will have a meeting with them so that we are then able to say how do we then deal with these issues and we move forward. Amazing. You've got your work cut out for you, Tulakhanyo. If we don't chat, have yourselves a blessed festive season. And thank you very much for your time here on Radio 2000. Tommy, thank you so, so much and uh, uh, for giving us all, every time giving us the opportunity to air our views, to share with the listeners and touchline and all that. And uh, all the best to you and your team and everybody else who's listening, should we not talk before the end of this season. Thank you very much. Thank year, you. Yes, thank okay. you. You're welcome. You too. Thanks. Tulakhanya de Haushibele is the president of SAPFU. And just talking about that monumental moment where the PSL calls them in, and I would say endorses and recognizes this union that is an educational partner at the end of the day, ensuring that the rights of players are upheld. If you take a look at football, it's not only men's football. And my next question, and he answered it just as I was about to ask, women's football comes into the fold as well. Taking a look at it from January, because August, October, November, December, December, three months into being, I think by Jan, they definitely need their members. 79% of players are members and they're looking to push 400%. I don't ever think you'll get that 100, you know, 100%. Um, but for 100 bucks a month, you always have someone in your corner. And I think that that is really very, very important, especially in football. If you take a look at all the nukes and the crannies and the holes. And life after football is definitely something I think needs greater focus. Because we can't just focus on the year and now. I'm not going to be as young as I am Tomorrow and the next day and in five years, I've got to look after the older me. And I like that that is something that the union zooms in on. Talking about women's football in a short while, we will be chatting to Janine van Veek, JVW. I've won the Sassol Championships. They are the champs. They go into the National Women's League and we find out about the magic that is JVW.